0: Hello and welcome to episode 111 of the Good Good Golf Podcast. Rod Murray at the controls and preparing for rough waters as the storm clouds continue to gather over the top levels of men's professional golf. It's US Open Week, so there'll be much to talk about there, but of course the Breakaway Live Tour insists on shouldering its way into any discussion about the game these days. Now that the first event has been run and won, what did we make of it? We'll talk about both of those things and more, but also... The most interesting thing to happen in professional game last week, which was the win by Sweden's Lynne Grant at the Scandinavian mixed event. To say she dominated would be like suggesting my chipping needs work, an understatement of epic proportions. I've used the Royal We a few times already, so let's meet today's panel. The unofficial pecking order says my co-host Adrian Logue gets top billing in these things, so it's hello to him. Looking forward to the left field analysis anal- and analogies that you always bring to these things, Logue. I'm well. I'm looking forward to them as well. I'm, I don't know what they'll be yet. <laughs> uh, have you formed them yet? Do you come? In, are you like Mickelson? Do you come in prepared with this left? You know, if you if you ask a child to draw a dog, that sort of thing, do you come in prepared? There, or does it just happen? I yeah. What Spontaneous. I I make what Mickelson does like. <laughs> Look like genius, actually. We'll talk about Phil, of course. He had a press conference overnight. Our time, it's also a special treat to have in studio Golf Australia Magazine deputy editor and apparently these days the BBC's Live Golf correspondent, Jimmy Emanuel. Jimmy, how did you end up on the BBC talking about Live last week? You've really upset Logue's friend, Ed. (laughs)
1: I'm not sure, to be honest. I'm sure the listeners are glad to hear I haven't signed with a rival podcast league, but... (laughs) Yet. (laughs) <laughs> I think they went well down the chain, and then they found me at the bottom of the chain. But it was good fun to do it anyway. Yes, indeed. And Make- good fun to upset Ed personally as well. Yes, but indeed. That gives me great joy. That really put him off his game. I <laughs>
0: just couldn't get over it. As it should. Uh, an extra special treat today—a third guest coming to us from our imaginary Melbourne studios. Although it turns out it's an imaginary guest as well. Mike Clayton is supposed to be with us, but he hasn't arrived yet. I'm guessing he slipped in. So we've got the excitement of looking forward to the possibility that Clates will suddenly dial in. That's <laughs> <at some point. laughs> that's a tease that might not pay uh, off. If we were live, I'd shout him out. Clates, get out of bed! But anyway, uh, hopefully he'll be along to give us some of his points. In fact, I had it written down here, but I didn't. Did anyone see him on the project, Clates? No, no, it's it think- fabulous, fabulous performance. Yeah. They crossed to him at his uh, at his house, obviously, and he had four minutes to talk about live golf, and everything that it might mean. He did an amazing job. Oh wow, of, okay. uh, wow. of doing it. Although I did expose again. We'll talk about this. The mainstream media response to this mm-hmm. whole live golf mm-hmm. thing and just how poorly understood golf is outside of golf. I'm just tired of reading how these PGA players have gone. <laughs> yeah, I, I
1: did. I did, I think, three interviews last week
0: where every single one referred to the PGA players. Yeah, exactly so. so. Look, it's a, it's a small detail if you're outside the game, but it's incredibly irritating if you're not. Mm. Uh, I wanted to start with uh, Lynn Grant. I saw you nodding there as I mentioned that, uh, Logan. It's such a shame this has been lost in mm. all of the Live Talk and the US Open and We're between two majors in the women's game, which is a real shame. But nine shots she won by, 14 shots better than the next woman. Always conjecture, obviously, about these events and how they should be set up. What was your take on Lynn Grant, whose swing, I must say, is suddenly all... She's the Anne Van Damme of this year. (laughs) Yeah, I think she's got a better swing than Anne Van Damme, I've I've criticised. I think Anne Anne Van Damme
2: looks like she's pulling everything, but... I
0: um, disagree. Yeah. <laughs> Extraordinary <laughs> analysis I wouldn't, I wouldn't from take, someone who plays off what? Sick. <laughs> I wouldn't take Anne Van Dam swing. You wouldn't uh, take nah. Anne Van Dam
2: nah. swing. it's so, so, so missing left all the time. Uh, and Grant, if you're listening, I'm sorry. And I've got videos <laughs> of Luke swing we can make. The show notes. <laughs> a little
0: bit of side by side in the show notes, yeah.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, Ling Grant, what a dominant performance. And I'm glad we're kicking off with this because this really should be the story of should the week. should be the story week, of the of week. Mm-hmm. It's such a significant win. And I think if you – if you speed forward like a couple of years, this would be the thing that you remember from this couple of weeks. Mm, quite possibly. Um, it's the most significant sort of milestone in golf that has actually been passed this week. And, uh, and and very similar to Hannah Green's win, which was over four rounds in a mixed event. In, in all other ways, very similar. But this was on a major tour. And, uh, Strong field. An incredibly dominant performance as well. Strong-ish field. Mm. um but an incredibly dominant performance stronger field than 11 what was it, 11 14, shots over the next the new 14 14, tournament, tournament and nine the 14 the to the next response yeah and
0: nine over the rest of the field amazing and yeah what a golf swing she's a real talent can, uh, can play can obviously putt as well. Jimmy, what was your take? In the bigger picture, I think Log's right, in three to five years you'll look back and say, well, over that three-week period this is by far the most important or significant thing that happened in golf. Not everybody agrees with these formats and I may be in that camp. We'll talk about that in a minute. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it was unbelievably impressive and it, it should get more attention than it's going to. Um, it, I, I didn't see a huge amount of it, bits and pieces, and, and the golf game that Lynn Grant's got is – Insane. It's it's so good and, and that we haven't really heard that much about her. She'd won twice on the L E T last which year, is- which we should know more about her, but we, we don't get a lot of that. But it was very impressive and it was a good field of players in form. You know, like Jason Scrivener's playing the golf of his life mm-hmm. and he couldn't get near her on Sunday. So there's there's a serious competition there. Again, the reporting of it may be discredits it a little bit. It wasn't been referred to as a co-sanctioned event. It was only been referred to as a DP World event in a lot of newswire services and stuff, which makes it seem strange. It confuses people, I think, mm. which takes away from the attention it should get. It's a it's a co-sanctioned event which makes it a very important event. It's not someone who's just got a random start and they're playing off a completely different set of tees. It's, mm. it's It's organised and it's put together. Um, and calculated. There's and been calculated. a bunch of work and, going, working out where and, the women's And I think for. we've gotten into this this stage of Hannah winning and, and Lynn Grant winning, so people start to say, oh, the tee's too far forward. No, we're getting it right
2: because there should be an equal chance for everyone in the field to win. And and yet based on the, skill, there weren't enough women up near the top of the leaderboard. Yet again, I, I must
0: say that that's been a pretty consistent theme. Be all sorts of reasons for that. I mean, you don't want to try and engineer things to where you've got exactly equal numbers. As somebody from the yeah. DP tour, unfortunately, yeah. said publicly, do you think, your friend and mine, Scott Hend, was pretty pretty outspoken about this stuff over the course of the week? And in fairness, he's got more right to comment in some ways than us because he plays in these events and he sees it. Up close. The criticisms that he was making is that you just can't get this right. I agree. In part because no matter what you do, you're always going to have this conjecture afterwards, aren't you? Yeah. I like the Vic Open model yep. where you have a women's field and men's field, they play together so you get all of the publicity benefits without any of this any of the negative sort of connotations about, you know, whether they got it right or not. Well it's it's a golf tournament,
1: so someone's gonna have a good week. Mm-hmm. And they maybe wouldn't win if you did it exactly the same again the next week. That's that's golf. That's 72-hole stroke play golf. Um, so you have to keep that in mind. I don't think we'll know how accurate the scaling is until maybe we get a PGA and LPGA to a field of – the best of the best. It's not that simple, though, either, but is it? Uh, that's, but, that's to give us a bit of better gauge on the scale Not scaling. all 400-yard power fours are equal. Correct. <laughs> but, so never, it's, never, it's not an exact science. No. It's, a, it's as, as close as you can. I'd like to see it change up a little bit more, that some days the T's are more distant between them, some days they're closer together, and you're testing different parts of the skill set. But it, it isn't a perfect model. The Vic Open is probably better. But why can't we have both? And why can't we have a bit of different and why can't we have someone win? I mean, mm. they set up a US Open this week, completely different to everything else, and we get occasionally someone who wins one and we all go, Oh, geez, how did that happen? Scott
2: Simpson.
1: That's okay. But we we don't <laughs> we don't then completely throw the you know, the bath out with the water. It sort of goes. It, it baby, even with the bath. Water, you're, that that's okay. that's- you're very avoidant
0: about this baby issue. That's <laughs> right. You're very careful
1: about that. But but you don't completely get rid of the concept because there's maybe a little bit of a, a surprise win or something like that. You keep tweaking it. But a surprise win or or a win not expected is is good for the game and good
0: for the tours. And if it happened any other week, we might might get, be getting more talk about it as we've already pointed out. I think the counter to the Scott hand. Side of the argument, not to unfairly verbal, Scott, but he got into a couple of very, yeah. <laughs> very in-depth stouches with a bunch of uh, women pros on Twitter about this. The counter to that this week, I think, Logue, is, even if you could make the argument that there was something about the course setup that made it easier, quote unquote, for the women, was it nine shots easier? <laughs>
2: mm. No, we've had a player who's had an exceptional week, and I think again, you've a mathematician would look at it and say, no, you've got to look at the median for the field and all of that sort of stuff, and. Do some analysis like that because, play, like we know from club comp, anybody's played a club comp. Someone comes out and has the week of their life, and someone always has forty three
0: or forty four points. That's right.
2: Week. You can't just look at the outlier and um, and make a make a call based on that. Which is why I think you can't really take the opposite view either and say that this worked because a woman won. Um, because again, I, I don't think the formula is right. And to your point, Rod, would you do this for national opens or even state opens? No. Because they're uh, they're national opens and and there's a long history of you know it, it sort of makes a mockery of a national open I think to to make it a mixed field event but um, the, the, that's where the Vic Open model works really well and we're going to try that out for the Australian Opens this week uh, this this year uh, but I, to Jimmy's point I love this as a alternate format for you know tournaments sprinkled in here and there and they're not an exhibition like oh, some people Lord, have Good Lord no. It, it's a serious golf tournament. In fact, it, you know the stakes are very high. I, I think it's thrilling to turn on that coverage and see a woman on the green with a man and thinking they're competing for the same trophy. I mean,
0: think absolutely thrilling. Yeah, there's once, something really captivating about. Once that. you get to the green, all arguments are off, aren't they? Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> once it comes to once you're inside, sort of twenty or thirty, forty yards of the flag, it's uh, it's a different test. You've already sort of touched on it, Jimmy. We how long will we continue to undervalue the talent pool on the Ladies European Tour? We know it's not as strong as the LPGA. Morgan Montreux, who was in the playoff last week with Meg McLaren on the Ladies European Tour, contended at the LPGA event this week, which I thought was interesting. Here's Lynne Grant. You look at her and wonder, how do we already not know more about her, especially after this performance? The LPGA, LET working more closely together. Are we starting to see the fruits of that? Is it more competitive, and are we starting to see better players?
1: Absolutely, yeah. I, I think the the LPGA relationship is helping. The players are seeing it as a more worthwhile venture to go and play there. Meg McLaren's a good example. She thinks it is worthwhile to play the LET rather than going back and Better playing the secondary Epsom the tour. second the secondary tour. So there's there's the signs that it is a genuine option. Most of these European players as well have gone over and played college golf in the states. So it's not like they're completely unfamiliar, and that isn't an option. They've made the decision to go back, travel around, get a bit of experience. It's got to be one of the toughest tours to play. I mean, they Brutal. they travel all over the place, not for the biggest On prize a purse. Yeah,
0: there's no first-class flying. Or yeah, there's
1: no. a lot of staying with host families yeah. and stuff like that. That's true of the old PGA too. That, that is true, yeah. And and so the talent levels is very, very good. It's it's difficult, I think, for people in Australia maybe to get a concept. It's It doesn't get a lot of TV time, except in weeks like this where it's a mixed event. Um yeah, I, I think it's been under under appreciated for the skill level. I think it's getting better um, and maybe it comes down to now a bit of a marketing thing that the LPGA should make a bit of a push to try and spread the word a bit more and say, hey, look what's going on. I thought it was very good that Lynn Grant, when she won, she straight away said the more that, that hopefully more sponsors go to the L.E.T. than to the men's tour. So, she's not just saying we need more sponsors. She's saying, hey, come from over there where you're already spe- spending money. Now, whether that's great business or whatever is up to the sponsors. But I like that she was forward about it and and got on the front foot.
0: I've always felt that in terms of return on investment, from what I've seen up close, women's golf, certainly here in Australia as an event and as a product, much better return on investment than men's golf. The players are far more – they're more sort of interactive. Here's a classic example. You go go to a men's tournament here in Australia, you go to the Pro-Am – and the players already, there's a certain attitude among <laughs> a lot of men's golfers, that they're just passing through on their way to the top of the game. It's not always a terrific experience for their pro-am partners and various others who are involved in it. You just don't get that with the women at the, at the local level here from what I've seen. So if the choice was to spend $10,000 sponsoring a women's event, or $100,000 sponsoring a men's event, I think you get a better return on your 10000 oh, yeah. than you do on your 100000 as a percentage of what you've put in.
1: Yeah, I, I think locally the men's ha- men players have gotten better at it because they've heard that criticism for so long and I think they've become yeah. more appreciative of their playing opportunities in the last couple of years. I was going to say particularly COVID has
0: Correct. taken everybody they, These credit.
1: guys have realised they need to do better and, and from my own experiences they are doing better, but you're 100% right that from the top down in women's golf – it's a better experience. So unless you're the title sponsor and you're getting Adam Scott at the Australian open, well, you might be better off spending your money with a women's event where you're going to probably get more coverage too, because there's less sponsors. So you might get more T signs. You might get a bit more of everything, but a lot of sponsorship is personal enjoyment of the person who organizes it. And I think you're right. In a lot of cases, you're going to get more out of it and you're going to have, you know, probably a a longer lasting relationship as well with the player, which could lead to personal
0: sponsorships and everything like that. Well, if you've played golf in any way, if you've, if you've ever played in a pro-am, this is how this works. As soon as you've played in a pro-am, you and I played with Felicity Johnson a couple of years mm. ago, not a week goes by I don't check the leaderboard to see how she Absolutely. went. Absolutely. Yep. That is a lifelong relationship built yep. over 18 holes. and Forever I will check where she I think she have a hole in one last week, week before? I think. <laughs> week Maybe. before last, I think, yeah. Week before last, I think, yeah. So, Except
1: uh, I don't think Brendan James follows the bloke that he nearly beat at the Australian PGA one
0: year. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I might be working the other way around there. Yeah, it's a shame Clates isn't here because, of course, of the four of us, he's the only one who's a tournament director of a mixed event, (laughs) which is no great surprise. It's a fairly niche kind of job. They do it differently at the Sandbelt Invitational, and at the TPS events where they mess with the par. More so than just the distance. Is well, the tees a- are manipulated. They're they ma- are manipulated. the wrong way. Sometimes
1: group. they're manipulated Sometimes, the they're, yeah. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> when, the f- when the first round's under underway and Clayton just races out there.
0: <laughs> that's what a tournament director should do. But is that a – is convinced that's a better idea. I'm still not. I just don't think you can enter into this space without there always being some sort of legitimate question mark, potentially, about whether you've got it right. But is that a better system to mess with the par? Uh, it's another dial you
2: can turn. And I think that's a good thing. It's anything where there is a difficult problem like this, you want a lot of fine grained control over what you are trying to, what you, what sort of outcome you are trying to achieve. And I think it's good to have a second dial to turn.
1: I think we need the the par dial in Australia because we don't have the space to put the tees as far apart as they need to be. Sometimes that helps. So if you look at Bonnie Doon, great golf course, Kingston Heath, great golf course, the back pegs compared to where they might want to put the women's tee. There's not enough variation to create that playing field that they need to. And so the you first need to, tee at Kingston Heath is now in
0: the in, bar. Yeah, that's right. You know, <laughs> never
1: thought you would have seen Jeff Ogilvie hit one out of the bar off the first hole mm. at Kingston Heath, but there it is. So you've got to you've got to have something else there. And and why not? We'd, we'd, it's it's a new concept. So. Do whatever to see what works.
0: Yeah, you can't campaign on one hand that golf is a boring diet of 72-hole stroke play and then on the other hand complain when there's a different format comes along. Exactly. Say, I don't like that. that Look, really interesting stuff and I like you. I'm I'm, I'm thankful for the experiment, but more important, the thought process behind it. How can we? Uh, Because women's golf is fantastic to watch Mm -hmm. And I think even those – there's a very small minority of men's golfers who don't necessarily acknowledge that. But that's just sheer pig-headedness. If you go out and watch the, the professional women play golf, it's extraordinary. I watched Steph Kiriaka at Bonville when she won it by about 1,000. I've played Bonville plenty of times with a couple of decent male amateur players. It's just... Not even close, just staggering out. Well, I mean, except for Anne Van Dem, almost, almost unwatchable. <laughs> Who was there that but year fighting that left miss? the whole I was time. watching. I was watching. <laughs> her back, I go back to watching her tee shot on the thirteenth hole. And you're right, she did. She pulled it. Why yeah. left? So yeah. I think, I think that, fighting a left miss. That. That, uh, what you just said about how good these
1: players are is one of my it relates to one of my biggest hates in golf. Is male golfers saying women are more relatable?
0: Oh, yeah,
1: me too. Because nothing it, relatable. They've clearly never watched it up close and in person because there's nothing relatable about how many fairways, how many... I've watched Grace Kim play that many tournaments. I've never seen her miss a fairway. And it's not going short either. She's got low covered by heaps. So... <laughs> Like it is beyond incredible how good these players hit it, and then chip and putt it too. Yeah. So, can
0: you break down Grace's swing for us? Like, what's your, what's your take on Grace? And oh, that's good. She she gets a good a good <laughs> swing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, much better than Amber. <laughs> straight Ann straight up and Ann's down. And we're in all sorts. Of trouble. <laughs> we are in all sorts of trouble. So she's a nice girl, Amber. She was up at Bondville that year, and uh, in fairness, most of the rest of the field didn't recognise the golf Steph Kiriaku played that week. That's either it. who was also in the mix early. Yeah, she, she played the first round lead it. Yeah, she she whatever it is. She's got it. Yeah. And it's not the physical game. There's all sorts of holes in her physical game. Like Clayt's played with her. I think was, he caddied for Elvis. I think they played together at Bonnie Dune, and she got ripped apart in the wind and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Not about that. She's got whatever it is that's upstairs that is a winner. She's a winner. Mm-hmm. She She's made that's a true. few changes. She's started uh,
1: seeing Grant Waite as a coach, which is a lot of LPGA Tour players are. And there was a new caddy and stuff last week. So she seems one of those sort of players that just needs a bit of a spark and then goes um, uh, the the game is really good when it's good, and when it's bad, like it was at the Vic Open, it can be really, really bad. But that means that there's there's bigger scoring potential when she's on, and she's a real character too. She's she's great for great for
2: golf, really. Yeah, I think all of Australia's really dominant players over the years have signaled their arrival with big wins early. At, early, yeah. Baker Finch did it at the New South Wales Open, and Norman did it. Norman, Norris Norris. Um, David Diaz did it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and Steph Kiriaki did it, so
0: yeah. There's big, big yeah, not just a win, like an emphatic, building like yeah. great thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, interesting stuff. Well, let's hope that uh, that more sort of comes out. Well, I suppose it's unavoidable. We need to talk about men's golf now. this kind of all rolls in. I want to start with we like bigger picture stuff here. Uh, Rory taking a shot at Greg Norman, less than two minutes after <laughs> holding the winning part. In Canada, Logue. What did you make of it? Is this healthy? We know that there's a schism, a split at the top of the men's professional game. Is this Helpful. That was a I next level. I actually, didn't like to see it. I thought it was a bit petty. I, I thought if it was, if it was, Genius I didn't brilliant, I didn't, but it
2: was <laughs> at the time. I didn't know who he was referring to straight away, and then Jim Nance said it was Norman, and I thought, oh, it okay, also on Twenty minutes, a bit, by the
0: way. Oh, is he? Yeah. yeah, so he might be able to take that.
2: If it was somebody who he's being playful with, I thought that's great. But if it's Norman as his target, then he's being nasty, and I don't think we need that. Um, but I didn't, I didn't expect that from Rory. But you know, Rory has shown. Better leadership, I think, than Jay Monahan in a lot of respects with regards representing the PGA Tour. Uh, and you know, game people listen than to Rory what Rory. On top of the game is absolutely it. when he's the one talking. He gets it wrong sometimes. Gets a lot it of wrong, wrong a lot, yeah. um, but acknowledges when he gets it wrong. Uh, generally, very thoughtful with what he talks about. Um, and uh, but on this occasion, I thought, yeah, he just didn't
0: quite pull that off. What'd you make of it, Jimmy?
1: Clearly had it in the holster, ready to go. Oh, was <laughs> like no it was—he'd been thinking of that one for a while. Uh, look, it, it is petty, but it's intentionally petty, and he's getting down and wrestling in the mud with the shark who's been hanging down there waiting for an opponent for a while. Like it's it. it if anything's going to garner more interest in golf from outside of golf, it's a bit of that. It's a bit of that. <laughs> it's a bit of sort of you know sideshow of us versus them and slinging mud and, and there's going to be more of it. You know there was a there was an article last week and I, I believe it was Golf Digest in the states that had a bit of tour source leaking about Reed and DeShambeau and their teams and how difficult they've been. That stuff's going to come more and more and more because oh, the yeah. PJ two is going to re- and that's that's really getting petty of. Hey, you've gone. We're gonna, you know, open the file. So, uh, I don't mind it. I, I think, you know, keeping in mind that Greg Norman had
2: called Rory brainwashed earlier oh, in the true. week. Okay, All right. so. Yeah. And he, gave it to Jack Nicholas in the same and interview, exactly which is right. bold. You know what? i completely forgotten about that. Yeah. So, I, okay, so right. I'm, it's, I'm it's on board stepping
0: now. In he started t- it. That's okay. Yeah. yeah absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, if you were the parent, you'd, oh, you'd, you'd but be also, accepting that case that he was putting He started it.
2: But also, I'm not against having shots at Norman. I, no problem at all with that. It's just, I do want everybody to get along. And Rory's really- I want everyone to get along. can they just get along? can you just and get along? And Rory's critical to this whole thing. And I don't think you can have the most critical person- being taking pot shots like cheap shots like that, it has moved it to a different level, hasn't it, Jim?
1: Yeah, it really absolutely, has. it has. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see if they get any response out of the live players this week in press conferences about it. Well, you you have, watched Phil's yeah, press
0: conference overnight. He looked contrite, or from what I've read, he was somewhat contrite.
1: He he, it was it was bizarre for a guy who saved some of his best performances at majors for press conferences. He really didn't have it. He was he deliberately. Looked, you think? Oh no, he looked a little bit visibly shaken. Um, He didn't look comfortable, but he was very clearly trying to keep himself measured. He was taking his time to answer questions. He was deflecting questions when there was more than one element to it as best he could. Um, yeah, he he apparently has a lot of respect for everyone who's ever asked a question, everyone who's ever had a thought or anyone who's ever played golf.
2: Was, was that his theme, do you think? Because we know he goes into every press yeah. conference with some theme in mind.
1: Yeah. It was it was that and respect it, was respect his theme. and and spending time with the people he cares about with empathy. The He's been being on he empathy was, the last couple of weeks. He was so. he was showing some empathy, but then I think he realised he wasn't actually using the right word and tried to switch it around a little bit. But look, there was nothing new out of there. Is there, it working?
0: No is Phils because he 's been the master of overcoming adverse publicity previously we all remember the u s open where he hit the moving ball and suddenly the next week he was in a funny commercial well he he said
1: about the governing bodies that he 's had interesting relationships with all of them, and he mistakenly put it into the public and that was that 's one of the things he 's consistently done wrong in the past. Well, he never showed much contrition for doing it in the public before he saved things for the public on a purposeful measure so Look, it, he he's, I think, not going to have a good reception from the fans this week in Boston. They, they are tough sports fans. I was there two weeks ago and watching a Red Sox game and the Red Sox were way out in front and got basted by the Baltimore Orioles and they got it and they are going to i think
0: they're going to give it to him are and we're going to get emails about that if we've got any there's going to be emails about that oh. Have you just touched on something there is there a nerve there yeah sure
1: but but it, look there's from from monitoring our own the the magazine social feeds about any story that goes out there's there's a lot more support for norman and mickelson than you would think mm. i've been surprised it, by that too mm-hmm. but they're not going to be the ones who are going there to be vocal the ones who are going to go there and be vocal are the ones who are going to express their displeasure. And the USGA, whereas they might have in the past tried to usher someone like that out, I don't think they'll be too keen to step in and get involved.
2: Mm-hmm. Are we going to see protesters this week at the US Open? Do you think? Like the, we've got that. There's the a letter from the 9/11, 9-11 yeah. uh, families, yeah. which was Phil was confronted with in the presser. Yeah, in the it, press it, yeah just one seen.
1: of the one of the journo's asked him about it and and was going through a bit of breakdown of the of the letter about it, and he said. Very bluntly, I've read the letter, is there a question? Um, and that was where he was saying he, he had empathy for all the families and people who would lost loved ones or, and friends. And look, that could be an element that's- A very measured answer. Yeah. And he's not going to give a, anything that's going to be interesting to that because how could he? Um, and it, it's it that could be an area where people show up there and, and make themselves known, but I haven't heard of anything. Interestingly, he was asked about the PJ's decision to take the- the PJ uh, PJ Championship away from Trump um, and then also that he'll be going to play Trump courses and he said those things should be kept behind closed doors. He hasn't been involved. Um, They're not kept behind closed doors. They're their decisions to where you play a golf course, and he sort of said, "It's hard to
0: hide where you're playing, isn't it?"
1: That's right. And he sort of said, "Oh, yeah, I, 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 don't really have any thoughts about it." Well, he's had thoughts about every golf course he's ever played a tournament before, so he's doing his best to just not create more headlines, as far as I can tell. And and the USJ I think, tried to bury his press conference a little bit. It was one. Oh, get it out of the way early. First one. One p.m. Monday. Most of the journo's are sort of jo- are coming in. A lot of them had been in. In uh, St Albans for the live event, so they tried to get it out of the way. He tried to get it out of the way. Yeah. Paul Lazinger came in at the end and asked a question when he wasn't directed to ask a question. That just Paul Lazinger. The- yeah, he was down the back and just yelled out, "Phil, uh, what advice would you have for Jay Monaghan? And Phil said, "PJ, two matters. I'm not going to comment on." And then he revealed that he last spoke to Jay Monahan, I believe, in October. So, um, wow, so it the was a bit of a service. letter. Was a letter.
0: It was a letter. He didn't get a phone call telling him he was suspended. Well, and
1: and Jay Monaghan saying earlier in the year that before Phil comes back, there'll be a conversation between the two of them.
2: There's been no conversation, so... Jay's got a problem talking to people, it seems. He He won't pick up the phone with Andy Gardner. Yeah, there is... What do we
1: make
2: of? What do we make Jay's yeah. comments uh, within that Jim Nance interview? I, to be fair, I've only seen this snippet that published on Twitter, and it looked like you, your first question is: Is that out of context? Because it seemed a very weird thing to be pushing and publishing. Is this reaction he had to the about nine this nine eleven question a very emotional sort of a reaction and? Uh, elevated the conversation, or de-elevated the conversation. It, it took the conversation to a weirdly emotional place, which I don't think was fitting for a tour commissioner.
1: He, he didn't seem to have a real, to go in there with a real message and a real plan, apart from, you know, you've never had to apologise for being a PJ Tour player before. Um that's and, which is a good line. That is a good. That's, he could have that's, impactful. That line, that's impactful, but yeah,
2: in a different way, I think. But
1: uh, the nine eleven stuff, obviously, is is a very strong concept over there, and 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 that letter was, I, you know, I, you'd have to believe was unprompted by anybody. It was just this group of people got together and, Control, and created it. His wife it. has
0: also yeah. publicly
1: correct berated yeah. them for playing. And, and I mean, that's probably the biggest sort of point he's got to argue is outside of... Because the PJ Tour has been trying to argue on legacy and all that sort of stuff, which just isn't really gaining the traction of...
0: After what they've done to some of the most important tournaments historically, including the Canadian Open just this past week, legacy is not an area that they're going to win an argument on.
1: Yeah, correct. So they're, they're, they're searching and... and I think they're they're feeling out where they're having success with messaging and stuff because th- everyone realizes it's not it's not going to be over in a week, so they're going to work on their their talking points and find out where it is. Monaghan's not the engaging speaker that probably they need as a front man for this. Mm-hmm. He's obviously a very smart man and he knows what he's doing, but. Uh, seems
2: like more of a boardroom yeah, sort correct. of bloke, right?
1: And he leaned he leaned on he leaned on Nance a bit to yep. to get it going and, and Nance was very passionate about it. Uh, but again, he's made all of his money out of the PJ Tour, so it's understandable why. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know that he's necessarily the front man, but I don't know that they have anybody else to, to be that apart from from Rory and 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 Justin Thomas, it looks like
2: will be the main guys they put forward to really argue their points. Mm. The groups that are are calling for absolutely no interaction with the Saudis. Is is that the right way to go with this? Because like this just is beyond golf what you're talking yeah, about. yeah, zooming out mm-hmm. a little bit and taking a big picture view of this, it seems that if you if you t- pick apart people's motives with what they're saying on these topics, are they proposing uh, the sort of thing that we did with the apartheid regime in South Africa, where it's complete? Isolation, like you, you, don't have any interaction with them until things change, or is there is there a case to be made for they're interacting with the world? It's not on the terms that we want. We we're not happy with the way it's happening, but it is happening. Do we need to not embrace it, but do we need to just work with that a little bit somehow um, and see if we can influence or or move it in the direction that we want? Because uh, it, to my mind, the group that nobody's writing about, I've read all of these these reports after the, this Live Golf event, and none of them have any sort of empathy, talking empathy. There's no empathy in any of these reports I see for these oppressed groups in Saudi Arabia who are only going to be...
0: More except, oppressed. So for Lisa Cornwall, has to be said. Shout out to her. Did she you? did a podcast during the week with a couple of Saudi Arabian women, which was powerful. Oh, fantastic. All right. So it's those groups
2: I know from experience, everybody knows from experience, that if you let these oppressive regimes be isolated, they further oppress these oppressed groups. And it's, so isolation isn't the answer. It might have been the answer for the apartheid regime. It worked. I don't think that's going to work for Saudi Arabia.
0: Well, the difference there was, of course, South Africa were a part of the global community. Then they were isolated from... Mm. They were ostracised from the group. And, of course, the desire to come back was perhaps a driving
2: force there. Look at North Korea. Like, North Korea is completely Mm. isolated. The prospects for any oppressed groups in North Korea are bleak. And we're, we're doing a policy of complete isolation with North Korea. Um, and, and to be fair, they are also not interested at all in engaging with the outside world beyond what they need for the barest minimum of trade requirements. But Saudi Arabia is doing it not on terms that we want, but they're doing it. Do we try and manipulate that so that we get the right outcome in 10 years from now or five years from now? It's not going to happen straight away. But, you know, do we work
0: with what, what they're putting out there. It's an interesting question, is it, Jimmy? The the reality of most of the coverage is <clears throat> predominantly it's been by golf writers, which we are, these sorts of issues that Log's raising <laughs> well are beyond my scope of anything that you might call expertise. But is that is that part of the issue here? Is that there's something much bigger at play. <clears throat> the Saudis have no interest in controlling golf. There's no point to that in that sense. There's something else about it with all of the sports they've become involved with, with F1 and and all the what about sports, the boxing and the wrestling and all of those sorts of things. uh, Are we missing something by focusing so intently on our little piece of the world here of golf and what what, what this means for golf? Is there something much bigger that we're perhaps missing and that as golfers we probably should be thinking about?
1: Yeah, I'd say so. Um, you're, you're right. Mm. It's it's well beyond sort of my scope of I can what I do. Go with golf. Yeah, and, and that's one of the funniest things you see on Twitter and everywhere where <coughs> Eamon Lynch writes a story about LIV golf and someone says, what about the NBA and what about this and that? He's a golf writer. He's writing about the golf and, and he probably has handled deeper into the, the deep set issues than, than anyone else. Um, but yeah, I, I think the conversation hopefully will shift towards that stuff a bit more with people maybe more equipped to do so um, now that it's getting more coverage and, and it can move into a more mainstream area where people who are more experienced with this sort of stuff and, and with international politics and with, with how this moves forward would, would weigh in. Um, but it's, it's probably something that needs to be more part of the conversation as we go forward because we've done the whole people are against it, people are for it, who's playing, who's not – and now it becomes a where does it go from here and, and what does it mean longer term as well?
0: Which is kind of part of the normalising process that the Saudis are hoping for is that you can only maintain this outrage for so long mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. eventually it passes and it just exists and then it can start to be something else and build. And so there's some dangers in dealing with it just in that way, isn't there? Yeah. And I more than well, we've seen that happen with, uh, you know, the European
2: tour is now the DP World Tour. Um, but, you know, every. The, I'm I'm not casting shade on Dubai there but every and every country has human rights issues of, as we've discussed on this podcast many times if you look at uh, Amnesty International's page on Australia it doesn't make for very comfortable reading <laughs> no um so uh it, it, it I think goes to my point of you you want these countries participating in the international uh community and then you can work with them and and try and influence them to uh, you know, some sort of, uh, some sort of, th- something that we're comfortable with, um, and uh, but who's to say who's comfortable? I, I think there's, you know, what is comfortable? Like, we can get <laughs> deep in the rabbit hole here. I think we're heading for the
0: <laughs> we're heading for, <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> the really start to enjoy this. Let him go.
2: No, look, it's just that. You know, I think there's there's actually an element of racism in. Some of the reporting I'm seeing about Saudi Arabia, it's like, oh, these backward Middle Eastern countries, you know, th- there's an element of that which I'm not comfortable with. And uh, the, should they be, you know, is there some sort of expectation that uh, they should be like us? And, and I'm not comfortable with that. Um, but uh, at the same time, th- there's, you know, these unspeakable atrocities occurring in Saudi Arabia and something needs to be done about that. Um, but I don't think you can, you can let this isolationist um, uh, approach take care of things for you. It's just
0: not... Not without question, that's for sure. Yeah. Certainly it yeah. should be up for question. The long-term goal of the Saudis, as we understand it, and that's what they've publicly stated, I think it's called Vision 2030, mm-hmm. is to pivot away from oil and the reliance on oil for the economy. If we, if we fast-forward 15 years and <clears throat> that's happened but they no longer rely so heavily on oil because they believe oil's going to run out and won't be an economy, changes the dynamic, doesn't it, Jimmy? Then suddenly, if the West has become entangled through sport and various other ways, now suddenly the West does have more negotiating hand, to use a Costanza term, in that relationship, do they not?
1: Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, if if there's an involvement and it's long standing and it's there's a commitment to it, I think that's the biggest thing. Is we have no idea of the commitment to the sport and to golfers we're talking about specifically, which is true of the golfers who are playing as as well. No business model. There's no. That's exactly right. right. So just throwing money at it. I'm, I'm all for how Logue's speaking about. You know, there is there is what is potentially basically racism as to this is different to us and we don't like it. But we've not been led in much to get a better gauge of it, of, you know, how long this is going to go for and what the interest is with Live Golf. Does it get to a point where they then want to join up with everyone else? Now, that's not going to happen. We all know that. But without knowing we? it,
2: we, well, I don't Do think. Do we? <laughs> it, it might get to a point where they're just not going to keep tossing money at this, although it seems effectively they've got unlimited money for, you know, as sort of as long as they want, five years. It's got to have something like years, that. But I, I can't see
1: it getting to the end of that point. And if it's a battle that's ongoing, and it won't be as intense as it is now, no one would respect the PJ tour to then say buy the product.
0: They can't afford to buy the product. They will be bought by the product. <laughs> no, got that the wrong way. But really.
1: Yeah, but like as in they can't in, they can't entangle themselves after everything that's gone on. Unless it's a complete loss, like it's a oh, where lay down was there and you guys take over and have everything we've got, which you wouldn't imagine is going to happen. So, the the involvement is key. Um, you know, I, I would I would be very interested had the DP World Tour not gone down the PJ Tour strategic alliance path and they look to be more the what is now the Asian Tour in terms of involvement with the Saudis, that would be a very, very different thing and we'd be talking much more about trying to involve and trying to work through and mm-hmm. and having someone with a bit more hand to try and have a conversation about what goes on there. But, I mean, as much as I might like to, to know more about that sort of stuff, I haven't, like Logue says, seen anything like a business model. There's no business model I could understand that would be successful after throwing 400 million bucks at three blokes that you're going to get a return on that. Beyond what we've all believed to be the goals of it, and then even when people have gone in with open eyes, like when Huggy went over there, he wasn't able to get much of a sense of
0: anything because he was transported from one spot to another without. But he much could of still it. get his chocolate from home, so he was right. happy mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, which was uh, which was nice. We'll come back to the DP World Tour and what may or may not yep. be going on there. They've yep. been intriguingly quiet yep. about everything. Logue, what do you do if you're Jay Monaghan? everybody's agreed that Jay Monaghan's getting it wrong. <laughs> what does Jay Monaghan do to get it right? Um, I
2: Look, I'm sure the situation is far more complex. Like everybody uh, says, like the criticisms of the PGA Tour sometimes are extraordinary and I'm not going to be an apologist for the PGA Tour here, but I've, I've heard some of the coverage after the weekend talk about, oh, they went to an ad break uh, on the final hole at the Canadian Open. That's what they don't get. Like, no, that's not going to solve everything. Like, that's this tiny little, yeah, like, operational hurt. decision. But it's a tiny little operational mm. decision that's we'll come back to that. partly mm. to do with their um, their broadcast partner. And it's just that this is a colossal organisation, the PGA Tour, that... Has you know they've got their own
0: travel agency. Nine (laughs) hundred and thirty nine staff, I think. There's so many moving
2: parts to the whole thing. It's getting smaller, of course, every day. (laughs) The whole operation, but less players to look after. (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) Um, Especially the fussy ones. All the fussy ones are moving. Fussy is a good word for some of them. But yeah. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) But um, you know, so there's a lot going on. It's not. There's no single solution. Everyone points to these single solutions and says that's what's wrong with it. It's No, there's so many things wrong with it. And look, I think what you do in that situation is you try and be the disruptor. Um, He's getting disrupted. I think you need to counter that by being the disruptor. Bill Gates always talked about always act like you're under threat. That's in in those years when he was building Microsoft up to be extremely successful. And they were by far the most dominant. uh, They've been the alpha
0: dog for as long as I can remember.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, they're Strongly challenged by Apple in a lot of areas. No, 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 but not much oh, about the PJ i oh, PJ tour. Tour, right? Yeah. Yeah. Get on our level. They've, they've never acted like they're under threat. And like that was this Bill Gates thing always act like you're under threat. And you're now getting disrupted. You've got to counter and be like the disruptor as well. And uh, so I think you should be picking up the phone to Andy Gardner. I'm obviously, you know, you're a, he, a fan. Big, big
0: fan of Andy Gardner. He's the new Steve Jobs for you, isn't
2: he? <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I think he's saying the right things. I Why think he's is? very smart. Um, I think that presentation, or what he's presenting to the players in the PGA Tour, is very sensible. He's asking them a very simple question: Please just evaluate this offer, get or get some independent evaluation of this offer. Vote to get an independent evaluation of this offer. And if the evaluation is what it, he thinks it is, then there is a pool of money there that competes with the Saudi money, and you know it doesn't. And, and it's something that
0: you don't have to apologise for. <laughs> it's, it's a much more... Uh, it's a very wealth. I re- went back and listened again to the No Laying Up interview. That, that, I think it was two and a half, something yes, yeah, okay, yeah, It was comprehensive. He's a very impressive speaker. You get the sense that he's genuine, that he's a genuine golf fan. Andy Gardner, yeah. I'm talking about. He writes the copy on the website. The it's,
2: it's obvious that he writes the copy. It's did obvious he, that he's writing the tweets that are getting sent out. From, did he choose the font and did
0: he get it right, Logue? These are the big questions about what <laughs> he's written on the website. It's all right. The, design, it's all right. the presentation of it's okay. <laughs> But it is a very comprehensive, and certainly if you take it at face value, and I haven't sort of broken it down, leaving aside the numbers that he talks about, whether or not I don't know the PGA Tour have had a document prepared that suggests those numbers are fanciful, and that may well be the case. I'm not really sure. But certainly sounds on the face of it, doesn't it, Jimmy? Like a. I mean, you've got to start from the point of, and we've been complaining virtually since we started this podcast that the PGA Tour is just this less and less interesting product every week, there's fewer and fewer interesting tournaments. Uh, It's all become this very homogenized. And I think all of that is true and fair. The idea of a team concept, the first time I sort of heard about it, it was like, really? I'm now convinced that there's actually a market for this. And it might not actually end up being me. But the points that Gardner makes that are really, really strong points, this whole independent contractor idea for the players, I feel like that's going to come to an end. Mm -hmm. Sponsors will not keep piling up huge sums of money to sponsor a tournament where the most mm-hmm. valuable players don't tee up yep, yep, it's too much of a risk and there's 30 of them a year that pay the price and you can say oh we've got this many top 10 the-. the truth is there's about 5 players <laughs> that move the needle you need them week in week out to build a product that is going to survive in the entertainment and that's what that idea does I don't think you can argue that against it play Live- beautifully into teams as well
2: Look, like an RBC team, a TaylorMade team, a, oh, a Tiger Woods absolutely. team. Well, uh,
0: exactly. Effectively, well,
2: they're trying to do that anyway with their social media stuff. Like you see TaylorMade get all of their players That's together right. and do social media things. That, well,
0: it, Callaway doesn't do that as much, I don't think. Some of them do no. They do it differently. Anyway, leaving all that aside, is that where we're going, Jimmy? Is the day of the independent contractor, which players have been rubbing our faces in for as long as we can remember, and they love the idea of being an independent contractor. A, it's a bit false because they've got to play 15 events if they want to Correct. be a member of the PGA Tour so it's not quite as independent as they might like, are those days virtually done. Yeah, uh, I, I think we're heading towards that. I think to,
1: to just go back to what does Jay Monaghan do, he's waiting for what the majors do because that's the biggest piece in all of
2: this. They're, they're waiting for him, aren't they? That's Wow. <laughs> the PGA is probably waiting to follow suit with the, whatever the, the PGA The USGA has
1: made a decision for this week, but it's only for this week. Mm. You know, we've still got The RNA have said nothing. As far as I'm concerned,
0: as far as I'm aware. of said something when they took away the top order of merit spot from the Asian well, tour. Well, I think
1: that's pretty symbolic. So, we're, we're, they're waiting for there and, and Augusta National's the biggest piece in all of this and we know that. Um, but then from there, yeah, I think it's a clear sign that there's a, a want for something new and something different and where the PGA Tour goes with that. Now, whether it's fully going with what PGL and Andy Gardner wants or – Bringing him in to just reshape something and create something that he obviously has a vested interest in to make it worth his while is the question. But the the idea of a player as an independent contractor is a complete false one, and and it's it's going to be less and it's going to be more and more removed. As we go on, because these guys at Live Golf are not independent contractors and, and the PGA Tour guys are disappearing well, from that as well. They're
0: saying at the moment, they are. Norman's still saying that, you know, you can sign with Live and you can still play wherever you want.
1: Well, it's in, the, it's in the media briefing sheet that each player gets that they've all been reading from when being
0: interviewed. But but I think that surely the deal is they must play all Live events. Correct. So there's not an independent contract. I mean, an independent contractor has signed a contract that says, I'll play all of these events. he's also signed the one that says... I'll play those 15 events there. Back to the majors, just interestingly. Do we overvalue them, Jimmy? I am convinced, and I wouldn't have been a couple of years ago, I'm convinced that it wouldn't take very long, sort of a generational shift, for the majors to be much less important to players and f- eventually fans. Oh, dear. Wow. Okay. Okay. I'm mm. um, isn't it? I was exactly the same <laughs> as you not that long ago.
1: Well, I think based off the interest and based off what goes on currently, no. Because they put all those, like if you just look at it from like a, a broadcast perspective and all the extra coverage and everything that goes on, and, and obviously the the networks and stuff see the value in it because they're obviously getting the numbers out of it. Ticket sales are the biggest they've ever had for the Open. Um, there's more entries for US Opens and, and Opens than ever before, so players clearly value them highly. I know from looking in the back end of our website stuff, when we do stuff on them there's a lot more interest. I'm not arguing any of that. I know when I go out and talk to non-golfers they only know about the majors, although they now know about live golf, which is interesting in itself, but I don't think we do because
0: What if the best players aren't playing it? Let's fast forward 10 years Yep. and the next Tiger Woods is a live golf player, doesn't play the majors and the next five Below him.
2: Stunned silence. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, I, I don't it's see it happening. It's
0: not as unthinkable as we all that, assume. How does it play out? But
1: how does that player get identified as the best player if they're not competing against the best players? This is the thing. I mean, you can go over and you can be a dominant live golf player, but if you're not playing the majors and competing against what is considered the best fields in golf and your world ranking, because that's still a, a big motzo ball hanging out that we don't know about, they're not going to get world ranking. They're not sure. going to get you world can't ranking. Make for- a case where world points make. So, so for them. you like, it's not a perfect system. It's far from a perfect system. The world rankings, but it's the system we have for ranking golfers. So that's where you have to go to. And Tiger Woods is the best golfer I've ever seen, and was the best golfer, and he was
0: number one in the world. So and if he wasn't, would he still be the best golfer you'd ever seen? Yes, he would. Golf- if the most eyeballs go to the player that's dominating the live tour, yep. Yep. What happens then? Yep. I'm simply throwing it. No, a there good was point. a time when it, the North and South yeah, Open yeah. was a major. Yep. There was a time the when Western the Masters moment. wasn't. Yep. They just invented it out of thin air. Well,
1: I, I saw something today and I, I, I can't remember who it was on Twitter who said, What happens if the PGA Tour just says, Oh, the players are major now?
0: Oh, exactly. Well, the LPGA did it with the Evian. Yeah, I mean. And we all grumbled about it and we count it as a major now. The Masters was just a bunch of guys who said, Hey, we're having a tournament and hey, it's a big deal. Hands up if anybody's ever said the PGA shouldn't really be a major anymore. I've said it. <laughs> it's got the best field, it's got everything going for it, and yet mm-hmm. it's yeah. the major that's dissed on the most, and the one that's the most revered yeah. is the Invitational, which has the least competitive field. Yeah. So the things that we think we like about these things aren't necessarily the things that we do like.
2: I, I think the majors may serve a purpose, it, as long as you know the fields can still be open. Wh- which tournaments are designated as the majors, I think can be a whole other discussion. I think actually that should be a separate discussion, but... uh the majors can serve as the battleground for where the best players from all of the tours come together and play against each other. I I think it's heading for a few years at least where the best players are all spread out. They're they're playing different tours and who's to know who's better than the other guy that we're going to be faced with that situation in professional golf for a little while. Uh, but you know, it's a situation that's not unfamiliar to other sports. I think somebody made that comment. It might've been on the Richard Gillis thing. I don't, because it was about soccer. Um, but, uh, you know, in soccer, there's no dominant league in soccer. There's, you know, not every great player plays the Premier English Premier League. They're spread out all over the place in various leagues. And there's always this conjecture about who the greatest players are. And actually, it never really truly gets resolved in soccer. Except maybe you can work out who's getting paid the
0: most, which is kind of to the point that yeah, you're... Trying- that's true in golf, too. The number one player in the world is really the by far... No, Woods, gol- Woods golf- the exception, has been clearly the best player for the longest time. You wouldn't say it about golf- Scotty Scheffler.
2: Golf, more opponent? than most sports, have a meritocracy going for it, yeah. which is proven out through season-long mm-hmm. stuff. Like, you know, Scott Scheffler, I think we wait and see what happens. It, people, you can look back over the last few years and, and name the players who have... Those long, so, name them. long-term, well, Rory and Spieth and Spieth yeah. went through a slump. I wouldn't put. It Was a ten million dollars slump? <laughs> but It was still a slump. He's still apparently. a fa- he's still a factor, uh, and but, Rory's still a poor wedge player. I, I see that on yeah, Sky. So I wouldn't Fantastic. put. I wouldn't put Jason Day in there. I just don't think he had no. the longevity. But you he know, had his eighteen months. I think we that could, Harrington talked about most there. of these are not. Controversial. I think we can mostly agree when you look back at these things. Brooks Kepker, I think, you know, the jury's out on whether there's long-term
0: uh, dominance there. <laughs> to the stand behind the blackjack table guy, as you once described, <laughs> the cooler. going left wheel. Yeah, <laughs> left wheel. he's the cooler. The uh, so, and, and in look
2: at F1. I think F1's wonderfully instructive in this case. Is Alex Albon really one of the 20 best drivers in the world? Who knows? I genuinely. Like, who knows? Know. He got I, signed. I genuinely don't know. <laughs> at all. I've never heard of him. He got. He's signed with Williams. Uh, but it, is it 100% a meritocracy that had him rise up to be in F1, the highest category of, of driving in the world? Who knows? Is he? The, uh, Yuki Tsunoda brings a lot of dollars to F1 by being Japanese and Japanese sponsorship. Um, is he one of the 20 best drivers in the world? Who knows? He might be. He might be the best driver. He's just not in the best car. But F1 doesn't uncover the the very best driver. It's so many other factors go into it. It's an
0: entertainment product, which I think is, yeah. we, we try to sort of deny it in golf, but it, it's true as well. I mean, the, the reality is John Daly would put more bums on seats if you invited him to this year's Australian Open than a good deal of the bottom half of the PGA Tour points list.
1: Absolutely, would. Yeah. Still. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, and... That's just a that, that's a reality and that's kind of what you're talking about with the F1 so there's a bit of a mix in golf really I mean it is earned in a lot of ways but it's not necessarily They're different conversations in
2: golf there've always been different yeah, conversations true. in golf who's, who's the best watchable. player and who's more marquee which is... those have always been different yeah. conversations and we've always known the answer to both really, that's true in golf that's very we're true we're going to be entering an era where we won't necessarily know the answer to one of those questions which is who's the best player
1: which is where appearance money was a key factor for golf outside of America and where the pj2 apparently doesn't pay appearance money, but in its own way. They no, so, Buick just happened to sponsor three tournaments and Tiger. <laughs> that you sort of you sort of take away that ability to be the most entertaining and have a significant earn outside of your playing ability with, you know, it's structured in a way to do it. But I think to go back to your point about, you know, if the best players in, in live golf in five, ten years, which, as we say, we don't see it as a likely thing, that does add an element of excitement to the majors if they're all playing the majors you know there was always with baseball there was always excitement when a player who'd had a really good run in Japanese baseball came over to the major leagues to play and it was first chance to have a look and see how how that skill level would transi- transition over into the biggest league in the world or something like that and it it's it's sort of got interest levels, but I just don't foresee it happening. I mean, they're going to raid the younger players now, I think, because they realise that they're not going to get that many established golfers who are going to put bums on seats and maybe Liv? look to a long. long p two
0: are you yeah, is what yeah. the p two has already recognised that, and they've been giving semi sort of exemptions to yeah. col- the best college players.
1: Yeah, but then Live goes and gets the reigning US Amateur champion in, mm. you know, James Pio. So. Well, if they get those younger guys, there's a chance to build them into the best, but
0: they won't have tested themselves that way, so we won't know. It's it the biggest problem for Liv, isn't it, that there's no feeder. Correct. You've got to have these feeder tours. Now, one of the mistakes that... not going to be a problem do. for long.
2: I don't. They're going to have so many people, so many players knocking at their door that they'll have enough for a feeder tour.
1: But, but what happens to the players who've come across and filled the, for lack of a better phrase, filled the, filled the field. The 48. Could, the 48. So, Trav Smythe comes in and Trav has the week of his life and makes a million bucks, which will change his life. Now, he's not guaranteed any more live start.
2: No, he'll, he's... He'll he shit met, he, up, is, Trav. he
1: is now suspended from all PGA Tour affiliated tours. So, if he wanted to go to no, Corn Ferry no, Tour no, Corn School, Ferry, yeah. he can no longer do that. Mm-hmm. Blessing. Jed Morgan and Blake Windred had exemptions into final stage of Corn Ferry Tour School. They can't do that anymore. So... What happens to those guys when Greg gets a bunch more players and they don't get to play live events yeah. anymore? Where do they go to then be
0: that feeder? Yeah. Asia. They're being. This set is up. clearly Asia is is the, but the, the a, that, thinking.
1: If you look at the schedule of Asia, it is not significant at this no, not,
0: time. No, not yet, but Liv have pumped $300 million into that for the next 10 years, okay. and there's no reason they might not do more. It might We've be the got- ca- carrot that they dangle for world ranking points. Now, whether the top players want to go and play in Asia to get those world ranking points, no, but the young players, most definitely, Trav's already playing in Asia. Well, that's tra- yeah. yeah. So- for, for Trav, it's, it's less of a thing, but there's there is,
1: there is a disconnect of what happens to those players who are now banned from a good mm. portion of the tours, and what happens then with – the Strategic Alliance Partners, DP World, right. so PGA
0: what, Tour of Australasia. So what does happen to the DP World Tour? There seems to be murmurings that there are thoughts the DP World Tour might jump ship from the Strategic Alliance and become the home tour of those players who play the Live Tour. That would be palatable more for more top players if they did that. So if you're Keith Peller, you've got two things in front of you. What happens if you do go and play, go, get into bed with Liv? And what happens if you don't? The truth of the strategic alliance is that it's a takeover. Oh, I've got one finger out, and <laughs> Lowe's not happy. It's offensive. Uh, what happens if you don't? That strategic alliance has essentially been a PGA Tour takeover of the European Tour. That's the reality of it. That's what we've seen. A non-dominant
1: one, when maybe it needs to be for the for the future of both. Um, he'll have no trouble getting into bed with Liv because he was previously associated with the people who run the Saudi International. So I'm sure there's existing the pl- I don't lines. think the players won't resist it no. on the European
0: Tour or the DP World Tour won't I resist mean, it.
1: They're in, I I would have thought that immediately after the PGA Tour statement, you would have had something from the DP World Tour, and the silence is deafening. I mean, there has to be some sort of position taken, and soon, and um, soon. And you're right. There's there's murmurings about where they go, and maybe they offer all those players a, a place to play outside. Flies in the face of what these players are saying about they're going to live for to play less tournament golf and have a better lifestyle because they'll be playing more events. And the and the DP World Tour has a minimum number
2: of tournaments you have to play each year. God, it's
0: fairly small, isn't it? I, think. I hope
1: something that comes
2: out of this is a smaller season. Yeah, for these Which, major yeah, tours. I like- think
1: that's I think that's where we're headed, but. Uh, how if if I think if Pelly and the D P World Tour get into bed with Live Golf, how many DP World Tour events is Dustin Johnson going to genuinely play when he's got as much money as has been reportedly paid to him mm-hmm. his interest levels to go and play in Portugal or Spain or something, they're not there. Depends on the world ranking point situation, Correct. I would think. But that's when those players will have to start assessing it. And you don't know. I mean these guys have proven themselves to be Unreliable in terms of DJs was apparently committed to the PJ
0: Tour. February, hundred in, in percent committed, and he's no longer so. Last you, week, Bryson DeChambeau was a hundred percent committed. He wouldn't take a risk on something like
1: this. You, you couldn't go and sit down with these guys and say, "Hey, if we do this, how many tournaments are going to play?" Um, so it's a it's a really precarious situation for the DP World Tour to be in, um, because you would have thought if they're aligned with the PJ Tour, they would be doing something similar. Um, but they're hedging their bets perhaps and, and you know, y-
0: you can't really blame them for them because it's a point of survival for the for the tour at some mm. point. Well, and the world ranking points for the European Tour, as Huggy told us last week, are about to be slashed in August and yeah. September. Yeah, the, correct. Yeah. Which is it. And that's a huge deal. I mean, if you're a – so just to come to this, we'll wrap it up soon because we didn't even touch on the US. <laughs> We've already done all this, but this really is potentially quite fascinating for what happens to golf in the future. But – just back to the players who've taken the money. Mm-hmm. It's very, very, very difficult to say in all good conscience, you know, that that's the right thing to have done. But I was thinking about this during the week, at a personal level. It's easy to say, and I think let's talk about Trav Smythe. Lovely bloke, Trav, uh, young bloke from Wollongong down here. Known him for a couple of years. You know, he's no world beater, but he's a good player and he's making a career and he's making his way the thing. It's easy to say, you know, you can't take that money. That's morally wrong. Turn it around, and I was thinking about this during the week. If, if Live Golf came to me and said, we'll give you a million dollars to sign on and 500000 a year to follow the tour around and be our podcaster, which is effectively, for what I make, and <laughs> what that would mean to me, it's what they've said to the likes of DJ or more so Trav. I don't know in all good conscience if I could just say, I hope I would eventually say no, but it wouldn't be an immediate response.
1: Yeah, I had someone ask me the other day about if you could actually play as much as you used to think you could, Would what would happen if that approach- – and I kind of said I'm fortunate that I haven't been put in the situation because I'd like to think I'd mm. say no, but I don't know that I necessarily could. Um, it is a life-changing or career-changing thing for Travis Smythe that's happened in
0: the last week. Even for Dustin Johnson. They've signed him on for double his PGA Tour career earnings. That's the sign-on. He's twice as much as you've made in one of the best careers on tour. Mm-hmm. Double that, just to say you'll play. Can't see, and him. then play for a four million dollar first place check. Eight times this year, I, I can't see him maintaining a competitive no, edge.
1: Me neither. I, no, they're, no, no, they're no, no,
0: no. Competitive
1: well, spirit look at is who, going to be dulled by this. And, thing. And we don't know the terms of those contracts as well, which I think everyone just assumes that Dustin got a wire transfer for one hundred and twenty-five million dollars well, is it over four years? Is it paid each year?
0: Does it doesn't matter
2: that much when it's at so much money. No, well, like, I,
0: I think yeah. to that competitive edge. You would he notice if the payment didn't come in? Yeah. And this is the problem people <laughs> well, yeah, have. have. The noticed. truth of it, does he know if the payment hasn't come in? And that's Yeah,
1: the problem. and I mean, Louis Eustazen's a good example. Uh, he's going to use this money to retire early and go sit on his farm on a tractor and you won't imagine hear of tractors him. he's going to be on oh, imagine
0: that. Yeah. On the flip side, let's be completely honest, Louis Westhazen did not need this money to retire early and go sit on his farm.
2: It's all relative.
0: Your, <laughs> your, your,
2: <laughs> your question right about, would you take, I mean, you know, perhaps. Uh, I, but I look at the way Lewis Hamilton handles this question when he has to race in uh, Saudi Arabia, he uses it as an opportunity, Platform. yeah, to call them out. Uh, what are they going to do? It's Lewis Hamilton. Like if he if he comes well, back, well, actually, gonna, we, we, no, seriously, what are they going to? They're not. I don't know what they might. Do. <laughs> well, it could have been a lot worse for Alan Shipnuck when, uh, he, uh, yeah, when he got kicked out of that presser. Um, but uh, Lewis Hamilton, like he can he can get up in his press conference with an LGBT badge and sort of and draw attention to the issues that he wants to draw attention to and call them out. And, you know, you'll, if you're... You'll notice nice none of the golfers that they've signed are the sort of person who would... Wouldn't it have been nice if
0: one of them had had it written into their contract, yes, I'll come and play on the basis that I can speak against the regime yes. constantly? yeah. That would have been a deal to make, wouldn't it? Uh, absolutely. And I, that I would have had a lot of respect for. In
2: addition to saying, yes, I, A, I did this for the money because, you know, I've got a limited career, I, you know, who knows what could happen in the future. Uh, I, I did this for the money. But B... I'm also going to call them out for, you know, just separate the two. Like, there's a moral issue here and there's there's a financial, personal financial issue. Just keep them separate and you can free yourself up to actually, you know, approach this with a little bit of some ethical grounds there.
1: Are you suggesting that Lewis Hamilton's approach and Greg Norman saying he doesn't think he has any gay friends is not quite the same?
2: <laughs> Potentially, <laughs> yes. Norman's, yeah, I mean, Norman's performance is shocking. He's just been... An enthusiastic lickspittle this whole time. <laughs> I thought it was amazing that
1: he, apparently he was requested for comment numerous times last week, and they did not allow it.
2: He was, he was, he not any press. Yeah, f- maybe f- Keith Pelly can step in to be commissioner. <laughs> no, I mean, tour.
1: it, it, I, it, uh, it's not surprising, but he's not. It's not his strength. But it's, it wouldn't have been Greg's option to not speak. No, 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 no. He doesn't know if know that anyone it's if name. anyone wants to hear Greg speak, it's Greg. So it, it was slightly surprising that they managed to push that away and not put him up. And if I was one of the players, like Phil Mickelson did his press conference with three other players, you wouldn't know it because mm. no one asked him a question. If I was Phil and Dustin and, and Graham McDowell, who accidentally became the spokesperson for it, and I'm sure he regrets every single minute of it, including using the word execute talking about his golf game. Like, please. And <laughs> proud. Yeah. It is but, proud to do it. Proud yeah. to on the journey. Now. If you were those players who have stood there and taken a fair grilling, and credit to them that they allowed most of the grilling, except Alan Chitnuck, no questions, but, and Greg's supposed to be the front man, and
0: he's brought you over, and he's not standing up to take some of the heat, I'd be a little bit ticked off. Well, we don't know where Greg was. He didn't even see. He didn't know anything about the incident with Shipnuck, even though he was standing right behind and watching. <laughs> what an
2: unflattering photo that was of Greg. That would be the one little down point for him for the whole week. <laughs> you know, know the, he'd be the, thinking. The Steve Barmer oh, one was. That was good. That was a good photo. He'd be very happy with that one. Oh, that, I <laughs> <laughs> No, I reckon he'd be. I oh, no. Come on, Greg Norman. He'd be so happy with that photo. But the Shipnuck photo yeah I'm just looking it's not aged what about the the heavies that Shipnuck had
1: come in behind him of Corrigan Murray and Huggin <laughs> that's, a, that's a front row I, a, a, a front scrum right. I wouldn't that's want exactly to take on right. that
0: that's a, supporting that is a front row having said that, that not the first time Shipnuck's been removed didn't Brooks kept have him removed from a US Open press conference well, you, got got a,
1: you got a trouble at Augusta for being where he shouldn't have been so yeah. there's and, and there was he's got a track record but there was a I statement think, on a podcast i believe that he was going to buy a ticket now he was accredited but there was a fair bit of confusion about it
0: but yeah he, he, did both he bought a ticket and got accredited and, yeah, yeah, so the accreditation came in pretty yeah. late yeah, yeah, yeah. i think i think huggy said to me that there was a mix-up about the accreditation and where he could actually go it wasn't yeah. so much to do with the questions he wanted to ask because on the surface whether it was or it wasn't no who knows sorry like you were about to say something
2: well just a few talking points before we go um the teams thing, did that work? I don't no, know I not think nah. their the way they presented it was terrible, but
0: um, Trav Smythe believes it worked. I think. <laughs> yeah. The, che- uh. the check cashed.
2: The,
1: the South African team thinks yeah, it worked.
0: Yeah. Um, Which should, was pre drafted. Pre draft as were well, the English team, yeah. Which.
2: That's uh, ridiculous. They, the whole approach to the teams thing was asked backwards. Yeah. Like, you've got to have, again, look at F1, you've got to have the teams lead it. Like, the teams have got to be the ones that bring the players yeah. in and announce that, the players that, that and do negotiations the with them. This the was
0: players. the first event. There's an awful lot to try and get right when you've started yeah. eight weeks ago in trying to organise an event with of this sort of stuff you've got to get your priorities right you know, the team's is not that high a priority I wouldn't think that can mm. easily evolve I, over time I, I feel like it's the key to
2: the whole thing and they really Eventually, got it all last yes. backwards yeah. um, the shotgun start what do you think I, 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 I didn't it. see it but there was, there was more golf shots
1: yeah. on offer it was a bit confusing because you don't know the golf course it was at a familiar golf course it would work really well did they but- do
0: it for the last round as well no
2: Surely not. Yeah, yeah, it is shotgun start yeah, for the last yeah, round. Yeah. yeah. Because the groups get reseeded, so the the leaders are sort of playing that together. Could, that could backfire. Correct. Oh, I thought, The winner, the I winner might be putting out on the sixth green at some point. I. It did occur to me that you must have a lot of cameras out there yeah. to cover the whole. You've got to cover the whole course all at once, all the time. That's a lot of cameras. Yeah. Um, but you know, again, money's not a problem for them. But I actually thought the shotgun start thing was
0: pretty compelling. What about yeah. the taking them out there in black cabs? Are uh, we going to get this gimmick every. This sort of no, stuff no, every week.
2: That's, that's just classic a thing, thing, thing that you see with the launch of these things where it, it gets. It's all exciting, and they uh, just yeah. they throw heaps of spaghetti up against the wall, and not much of it sticks at the end. Thank goodness. Um, yeah. Yeah. L I V is 54 in Roman numerals? Yeah, I just realised that. Yeah, no, I already read that during the week. No, I, I came to it on my own, at least, but isn't that their, i not that that this arm? long to work that out.
0: Isn't the Saudi Arabian had, PR arm in the UK is called, it's, that, it's their publicity company, their PR company, is called Club Fifty. They, they had Club 54. It's 54-something, 54 I think, right. their PR company that runs everything. They've been doing that for quite a while with the Aramco series and all that stuff. I, Perfect, it's school, been
2: like shoved down our throats. 54 million if you do it.
1: Yeah, that's right. Apparently.
2: yeah. yeah. That, that's what tipped it over for me. I said, why are they so obsessed with 54?
0: And then I, I realised, oh, it's Roman was for 54. But anyway, that was... The just- last thing for me, And I thought this is an interesting one, which is kind of related but the YouTube experiment, Logue. No broadcast partner. Yeah. Uh, is there something in that beyond just Live Golf potentially? is Are we seeing some of the future? I know my niece, who's, I think she's 30 now, she's a television in her house which isn't even plugged in. Mm-hmm. There's a whole generation of people for whom the television is a monitor. It's just a different screen to, to watch what comes down the internet pipe. Was there anything interesting in that? would have been unthinkable that a venture like this could have launched, I don't know how many years you'd have to go back, before that was a feasible option, their own website, Facebook Live, YouTube. Well, it touches
2: on an interesting thing that is you know, potentially a positive for this tour long-term, is that there was no reliance on advertising. There's no reliance on a broadcast partner who then has to spell, sell ads to justify the the. The cost. The cost that they're paying for the broadcasting rights. Um, So, and, you know, potentially we're seeing less adornment on the players. I'm I'm interested in all of that. And YouTube is a good medium to – actually, I I watch a lot of YouTube. The experience is seamless, isn't it? Which which you couldn't have said – Yeah. YouTube. You can go back and forth in that live stream. You can. They did a very good highlights package every day as well, which I, I watched. It was only, you know took ten minutes, fifteen minutes, or something to watch their highlights package. I thought, oh, that's that's good. The LPGA, it must be said, does an excellent mm-hmm. highlights package on YouTube every week.
1: You could go back at the start of the live stream and watch, listen to yeah. Greg swear his head off, which was great fun. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I think YouTube's a a big win of it because everyone can access it, and of a younger market you're exactly right that's, that's where it's heading I mean my five year old son can turn on the TV get YouTube
0: up and find what he wants to watch so I hope you've got the parental block on there Jimmy <laughs> I really really do uh, but it is but that, that that so a couple of years ago and it probably still happens to this day so the New South Wales Open is a prime example yeah. Golf New South Wales do a lot of streaming to yeah, it's not cheap to do but it's no. nowhere near as expensive as a full on television production there was a time not long ago where you would have said, why would you waste your time and money doing that? I think we're fast coming to the time where that's just going to be expected. Yeah. Yeah. That That, that is a medium. That's a huge shift. If you're in television, I'm not sure you want to hear that. There was a lot of... Um, it's the last don't... thing TV's got left. Netflix has taken away all of the stuff about... You know, they've time-shifted everything. The only thing you can't time-shift is live sport. Mm-hmm. And if live sport can turn up alternatively elsewhere... That changes the whole potential sponsorship. There. A lot of things change if that's the case. Yeah. And this is, let's not be. Well, we can effectively do deal. that on KO, right? So, that's what we're doing on KO, but yeah. but Fox are still paying the money and it's a Fox Sports product. Yeah.
2: A but, subscription service. I, I like that model. I'm, you know, I, I'm hopeful that there can be more of that. The, I, the YouTube thing was good. Can we blink now, though? There was no, a lot of. Blink. There was a lot of
0: still no blinking. There's no blinking. Okay, There's no blink. Oh, that's a shame. Did the leaderboard bing stay? I saw it in the first round. Yeah, that was very annoying. Did it stay? Uh, I think it might have gone for the second and third. Huh? The commentary was terrible. Um oh, man, the commentary was just awful. Absolutely appalling. It was yeah. the worst thing they could have done.
1: I think. Yep. I think one of the the worst signs for the the whole tournament was going to be when Phil Mickelson's calves. And bombs was mentioned, was mentioned in know. the first little bit of a golfer on television on YouTube, and it was like, oh, jeez, and Jerry Foltz yelling out money, money. like there's got to be like, and and there's some people in there with great skills. Don Boulay, I've, I've got a lot of time yeah, for as a commentator, a commentator. fantastic. He's a
0: real somebody in Asian golf too. Don't
1: Correct, you? and don't and so there's got to be a better balance to it, but or you go the Completely, you know, completely go wild and
0: and take it in a complete different direction. I think they can fix that. I mean, uh, well, you wonder what the options were in terms of a commentary film? I'd never heard of Arlo White, and it seems many people hadn't. Not golf, yeah. The lead commentator. And then you had Foltz, who's very well known from the Golf Channel, but as an on course reporter, never been a presenter and sat in the studio that I know of, which is a completely different role to calling the shots based on the lines and whatnot. Dom has done quite a bit of that, but he wasn't sort of the lead. I wonder if they approached any broadcasters of note, golf broadcasters of note, and whether they got knocked back. Luke Elvey must have had his hand up. <laughs> <laughs> he's, <laughs> a, he's certainly been a, jumping up a, certain a public been that, supporter. Jumping in up and
2: down in the virtual ground.
1: Yeah, I, I must admit I haven't heard of anyone necessarily getting an offer that I'm, I know, um, but it, that, you'd have to think they would have reached out, or if not, they will be. After I was going to say. Because they seem to be very responsive to... What goes on out in the world and on the internet about what's going on with their with their
2: tournament? David so Hill is no dummy. Correct, who's running the TV side of it? He's a very well
0: respected and
2: successful. I, mean, TV I made the character. comment. I thought the TV graphics were pretty good. I did. Too. I think I there's, there's some better. problems with it. Like it, it needs to be little bit more subdued, like it's it's really in your face, it's, it gets tiresome actually. That the, ab- I watch the abbreviations
1: the- of names is tricky when a lot of the names are not recognisable
2: yeah, to a lot that, of people. That's, that's going to be fine, yeah, I think for a few reasons, like it, you, you get used to it. Yeah, you, like You're it, only talking it, 48
0: players. Def1 and MotoGP
2: are like that, where you have the abbreviated names, and, and actually those names are pretty tricky as well. MotoGP in particular has a pretty big field and the names go down a long way, but you get to know them as the season goes on. Uh, but you've got to have the abbreviations if you're going to have a leaderboard Correct. on the left. Yeah. Um, Which but then is good. Yeah. They address that nicely with the little slide-out things. Like, I could actually talk about this for quite a while, but uh, <laughs> there really needs to be a smaller version of that yeah. side leaderboard. It's way t- it takes it up way be. too much screen. Well, I was watching on the phone
0: and it made it almost unwatchable haven't yeah. it yeah. on that yeah. list. It just take like, up way. It's, it's, sure, it's great on a sixty-inch TV screen. I'm sure it's fine, but on the phone, that was a real issue. And there were problems with the legibility of the and fonts the, that they and were
1: using. And so. We're complementing part of the leaderboard. The fact that the website didn't have a leaderboard
0: for a day, yeah. yeah look, another small that'll that's, be forgotten
1: by six weeks. Small oversight. That's that's
0: the only reason people go to a tournament website, right? But in in the in, in the context of what they put together in the time they put it together in, that's a pretty small oversight. I would have thought leaderboard's pretty early in the considerations. Y- you and I would have, yep. but that's a pretty small oversight, which was fixed by day two and will be forgotten by tournament two no problem same with the teams thing that will sort yep. itself out and no, get I, don't the, I don't see that i don't see
2: live i think it's their weak spot they're not going to ever work out the teams properly i just don't, yeah, possibly so, not. they're not incented to do it right because the money is coming from the owners of the tour mm. whereas the way for the teams model is to work is for the money to be coming from
0: the team owners yeah that they're so just they're never going to get it right yeah, i think you're right. it won't it won't work any other way yeah, I think we're all agreed. I think I'm on the PGL bus. I think it's the PGA as only PG, hope. Yeah. PGL model, Tiger Woods a team owner. You do that, you win. Okay. That's your commissioner for a day. We've worked it all out, haven't we? We've got sorted. Yeah. I don't know what Jay's doing. Yeah. So take this stuff, take him so long. We've done two episodes. It's the second time I've had to tell him. Yeah. He's still not listening. Yeah. We don't know that actually because we know Tiger knocked back a lot of money. How much do you reckon they offered him? I would not be surprised. I was trying to wrap my head around what is nine figures of
2: yeah,
1: a that. Is a
2: nine figures a bi- I don't know. No, I it's never, just I
1: never, shy of a billion, I think. It, right. But interestingly. It was high nine figures, I yeah, think. It was interestingly, interestingly, that thing. Forbes came out and announced Tiger was now a billion dollar athlete. They've the done week that before. before. Golf. They've done that before. Exactly. Uh, they've but, said that 10 years ago.
2: Yeah, 10. I remember he got interviewed with 60 Minutes, didn't he? Well, he's, was,
1: he's had some significant financial drain in that period.
2: Yeah. That was.
1: Yes,
0: of course, but still not a, yeah but anyway. But, uh, yeah, uh, what do you reckon they offered him? I wouldn't be surprised if it was a billion. It, it, no, no money's enough really,
2: is it? No, and look, look and, and, and credit I'd say credit nine, to Tiger
0: has never ever ever hinted at being even vaguely on board. Even Rory who's been staunch about this stuff said as long as this is where the best players, you know, wherever the best players in the world end up going, that was his get out, then that's where I want to play. If it ends up being the rival league, well, then he's going to go.
1: Yes. And he said yes. that if he was a younger player, he would find it exceptionally hard to turn Absolutely. down. Well, again, uh, I think... I yeah. think yeah. Sorry, go, Jimmy. I think, I think the Tiger number's got to be 900. You'd have to think. It, ha- mm. it has to be. And it was probably a fanciful number that no one ever really thought was going to have to be paid anyway, but we'll just throw it out there and if he says yeah we oh, hang on a sec we got something
2: here but what, what are you going to get out of him for that like you get a like well, it doesn't a matter year or so if you get I, I know it i know matter. but they're not in a position to make best use of that's him that's right like PGL again, is. PGL is because Correct. it can be a team principal and then you've got twenty years of him,
0: absolutely, and and, inv- and genuinely invested. That's right. He doesn't like to lose, whether he's the captain, the player. <laughs> he that's just right. does not like if, to lose. In
2: fact, you get more than twenty years because look at again, look at F one. A team like McLaren or somebody like the name carries on. Yeah. Way, that's right. Williams, McLaren. The name carries on way beyond the actual person's Charlie involvement. Can take it over one day. Yeah. So you if, if you had the team, if you had the Woods team in yeah. the PGL,
0: that that would be. Remarkable. It's a bit simplistic, but for the moment, that to me, that would be the you've watered all over. So the PGA Tour has got what forty something sponsors to worry about on the PGA Tour before they can make any announcement about anything they're doing, changing schedules. There's an awful lot to consider. I mean, Jay Monahan's got the much harder job. He's got the big steamship to try and turn. Liv's got the little boat. You just turn the wheel and it turns. They do whatever they yeah, want. That's He's right. Not in they
2: that can decision. be very agile, can't they? They're yep. very strategic in their mm-hmm. decision-making. I think it goes to that, the second-tier tour as well. If that becomes a problem for the Travis Smythes and they want to retain the Travis Smythes, they just throw a bunch of money at it. Yep. They, yeah, They can be very agile with their decision-making on that stuff. Monaghan's
1: got to deal with the players' council as oh, well. Absolutely. And you know, the ones that have remained aren't going to want to have their world thrown completely upside down.
0: No, that's right.
1: So, and, and a lot of those guys, you know, a lot of the guys who take those player advisory council roles aren't exactly interested in a PGL shift. They'd be interested in playing PGA Tour events the way they have for 20 years and continuing to do so and building up their pension. So it's, it's a very difficult thing to try
0: and broach. It's an extraordinarily crucial and interesting time in the game's history. We'll look back on this in 20 years and say that was that time when the whole thing open up like we had Super League in Rugby League here and World Series cricket. It's that moment for golf. Yep. Let's hope the players that are in the main roles, not as in the golfers but those who are in the main roles, the players the Pellys, the Monahans, the Rorys and the Jordans and all of those that we've got all the right people in the right places. Oh, there's a US Open on this week. Who's going to win?
1: Well if Phil wins do we just
0: cancel golf forever? Pretty much.
1: <laughs> Is that Does it not get any better? We're not going to get every more column space? We just go yeah toss it out?
0: That's beyond Offering Tiger Woods a billion dollars, that's off the charts. That's crazy. Uh,
1: in terms of who wins...
0: Uh, great golf course, great event.
1: Yeah, it's it's got a lot going for it this week. Um, I think Rory has to be
2: a real factor. Oh, no, really, he's, he's gone. He's just won a two. tournament. He's There's no chance he's going to win when Rory's got tomorrow. his
1: well, When Rory's got something about him... I was going to say, when he's, he's got something to play for... He's dangerous, and yeah. that's what he was last week. And outside of that, Matt Fitzpatrick strikes me as a Matt? real chance this week. He's been rounding in and... The first major champion I would be aware of, Chipping Cross-Handed, yeah, and so. an inspiration to Maury's everywhere. Could that actually, in the
0: end, can you win the US Open Chipping
1: Cross-Handed? Well, we said you couldn't win a major with a anchored putter, and then suddenly there was a
0: run. Did we it? say that? Well, everyone said that. I'm pretty sure we looked at players that there's no way they can win a major without an anchored putter. Yeah. <laughs> would have been more. Than... I agree, I think Matt Fitzpatrick is, and he's in... He's having his 18 months that Arrington talks about. He's in that sort of form at and the he's moment. a real grinder. He's a real yeah. that sort of He's got of some player. attitude about him too, has not he? He's yeah. yeah, and he's
1: yeah, he's got every element. He's got Billy Foster on the bag and all that. It's yeah. It's, I agree about Rory when he's got it, to be And for, though, he he'd say, also so. be I I'd, I would guess the first at least men's major champion to win with braces. So braces. On. He's got braces. Yeah. So not the know, type that holds your pants up. No, Sandy Lyle was the first major champion in braces, but <laughs> um,
0: teeth braces. So, did you hear Huggy when he did the interview with Westwood on the thing about golf? Uh, Sandy Lyle played a hundred majors, yeah, two top tens, which were his two yeah. wins, and made the cut in like fifteen others or something. And the rest of the yeah. time, Westwood's record Westwood far he,
2: exceeds him. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Westwood's it's, played it's, in the same number. One's once a hall of fame, like and Logue's one, a- one major, Slam. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's won a couple, but he hasn't factored closely you know, in any of the
0: others.
2: It's always says. you
0: don't want to be consistent.
2: The best players only win twenty percent of the time, Jimmy.
0: Well, you win ninety percent of your money and ten percent of your that, tournaments. That's, right. that's right. That's right. U.S. Open.
2: Uh, I'm not going to be drawn into this winner discussion, but I do want to. I'm very going to be very interested to see the course. For me, my memory of of um, the Country Club is that it just looked exactly like every other U.S. Open course. It looked like Oakland Hills. It looked like Oak Hill. It looked like. Uh, Olympic used to look it used it looked like Oakmont used to look, they just all look the same to me. Um, but I've watched Derek Duncan's every hole lap video for Golf Digest. Friend of the pod, Derek um, works for the absolutely. wrong magazine, but friend of the pod. Um, and but it, and it's always thrilling that uh, it's Derek's voice doing the voiceover for those every hole app videos now. Um, given the pedigree of, of those, uh, and it's superb. It looks magnificent. But when all the tournament infrastructure gets in there. They, they It sort of it makes the course open. look the same as every other event. I'd be interested to see if that happens this time because uh, there's a Skillhance, uh historic renovation that's been done there. The new Open, op- Dom. Can I
1: just ask, are you talking about the 1988 US Open as your memories of that? Yeah. Okay. That was the year I was born, just to give you some <laughs> right. context. I, I think yeah. amazingly, yeah. amazingly yeah. Phil said this morning that the only thing he'd noticed different about since 99 was there is a few
2: tees further back. Oh, really, like Gillham's okay. I mean,
1: gone and done quite yeah. a
2: bit of work. So, feels a little distracted at the moment. In fairness, and Andy Johnson is just on the course. Andy Johnson's also done some excellent stuff in the lead up, with including videos um, of every hole again. And some of the there's the fourteenth hole looks amazing. That par five yeah. with the the goes up to this tier and a rock face and everything. The rock faces look interesting. Again, I don't know whether the tournament infrastructure will block out a lot of those vistas. Uh, and it's also got this mix of grasses. And it, it, I think Andy Johnson described it quite well. He said, it's a mutt, this course. It's like architecturally, in terms of the agronomy, everything, it's a bit of a mutt. It's a, a mutt with great pedigree. A, a g- <laughs> mutt with great pedigree, exactly. And. Uh, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, hopefully, it doesn't look too homogenised. It's going to have some heavy rough, but there's a mix of grasses and stuff in the rough there, so it's going to be hopefully really refreshing and not too not too clean. And we didn't get talk about Marion at all and the Curtis, oh, Cup, Curtis Cup because we couldn't, couldn't even watch because we couldn't That's stream right. it. But Thanks every photo be, eh? I've seen of Marion, uh, and I, I spoke to somebody who, I mentioned who on uh, on Twitter during the week. Just described it as being too clean. Now I want to know who.
0: Yeah, now I want to. <laughs> that's all anybody wants to know. No, that's right. Who? I'm not.
1: I'm
2: not going to. Was it Ed? <laughs> <laughs> sure, it was Ed. Uh, but yeah, all of the the photos of Marion, just it all looks too mm, clean. Imagine it. Uh, there, there's areas of Marion which are beautiful and and wild, like there's that that quarry on the 16th, which has a mix of grasses and stuff. But all of the playing areas just have grass, manicured grass, as far as the eye can see, and I, I just don't think it looks great. That's not the case at the country club. It looks it looks great. And we're, hopefully we're not going to get weather-wise a complete baked-out summer US Open.
1: Boston doesn't quite get that extreme. And um, so hopefully it's a bit different than what we've had. We could do with just a little bit of a different I'll US tell you, Open.
0: Though, it's a, in every way, this is the most interesting tournament I think that we've had for a long time. You've got the live golf bubbling in the background. You've got some extraordinary – this year seems to have been the year when the content – outside of what you've normally been available has just been phenomenal. Garrett Morrison's series on the yeah. Urban Doctor leading oh, up. so good. Yeah. The, yeah, all of that sort of stuff. The writing around lives – everybody's kind of energised. Not necessarily for great reasons, but everyone is energised about golf. This could be a real pinnacle sort of – I agree with you. I think Rory's got something to play for and sort of to prove And when he is like that, he is dangerous and there's almost nothing he can't do, so – Any other time I would have said no, but I think Rory's a good chance this week as well, so.
1: And and of the live guys, you wouldn't really picture any being in contention. I mean, DJ's
0: really sort of mudding along and it... it there's you no enthusiasm. Surprised. There's no. Rory's got a fire in the belly. Thomas has got a fire in the belly about the live thing. The live guys don't have any fire in the belly. And, they're, and they're it's, just gonna, fight, are they, it's just going
2: to it's just going to wane the more they play that tour as well. Mm. I can't yeah, just can see them. fire because yeah. no one's paying attention to him. So. Yes, and he got right. married last week. Good, so. yeah. Get that chip back on his shoulder. Yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah, yeah just get him you know, really angry and
0: add another villain. We're talking about Brooks Koepka, right? Not Chase. Not Chase. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Enough. Uh, we've taken longer than we thought. Uh, thank you, Jimmy. Always My good pleasure. to have you Thanks in the studio. For Thanks for coming along. Uh, been enjoyable. And Loeb, always good to get We've Not enough left field today, but I'm sure that we'll get a okay. we we'll get something better next week. You, you're saving your uh, sa- keeping your powder dry. That's it for episode 111 of the Good Good Golf. Podcast. W- one more than some other bloke. Oh, nice. Uh, 111 of the Good Good.
2: Somebody out there has just done 110 Go off podcasts, and we've gotten we
0: got to find them. one more than them now. We've got to find them. We haven't published this one yet, so we're not there yet. We've still got nine to play. 111 done. Be back next week with episode 112 here on the Good Good Golf podcast.